Thanks for joining the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast, where we discuss God, the Bible, and God's purpose for your life. Be inspired and encouraged to engage in transforming the world around you. Good morning, everyone. It's a joy and a privilege to be back with you. And uh, how exciting to see the kingdom of God continue to grow rapidly uh, around the world. I'm going to share with you today a little bit on the keys of the kingdom, but let me mention to you a parable found in Matthew 13 and verse 33. Jesus is teaching, and he says, The kingdom of God is like a woman that has three loaves of bread, three pecks of meal, and she leavens them, and the kingdom is like leaven until it fully leavens all three of those loaves. And so one of the things that I believe the three loaves represent um, has to do with the kingdom he was establishing then, the kingdom that is growing now, and ultimately the kingdom that we will see fulfilled during the millennium. But I believe another application of that parable is that he said, you'll receive power uh, when the Holy Spirit comes to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. That's one loaf, Samaria, which would be the known surrounding nations, and then the uttermost parts of the earth, which would be the third loaf. And I uh, actually think both of those applications work for that parable. And to see you men from all over the world Uh, effectively serving Jesus is a tremendous joy and an encouragement for me. Um, I come and share with you, not as an expert, but as a fellow brother. Uh, I look forward to hearing some of you preach and teach and learning from you. And with all that's going on in the world right now, um, we are not one based on our race or education or the sizes of our ministry. We are one because the wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, man and woman, slave and free, um, has been broken down in Christ. And it's just a great joy today to share with you uh, from God's Word. So I want to talk to you today about the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And if you have your Bible, would you turn to Matthew chapter uh, 16? And I want to just take a minute to read to you some familiar scriptures, and we will start from there. Jesus is with his disciples. He's in the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But Jesus said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we're familiar with this passage. And what I'm discovering in the body of Christ, not only here, but around the world, is that people, 
even that know Jesus as Savior, don't really know who he is in his finished work and relationally with the Lord. So Jesus is asking them, who do you say that I am? And and they were giving the opinions of many people. And some do say Jesus is a a prophet. He's a good teacher. He's our example. Um, Those things may be true. But Jesus is the full expression of the Father in a human body. And he is the full expression of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven here in the earth. We will say to people, you can be reconciled to God through salvation and have a relationship with the Father through Jesus that he goes and sends another one like himself, the Holy Spirit. So if people are going to have a relationship with God, there are a couple of things that are very essential. One, to have a relationship, you have to be able to hear from God. And that is based on the Word, but also on the Holy Spirit. He gives promptings and impressions inside. Um, We can have dreams, visions. We can receive the prophetic. We can learn to hear that inner voice. He can speak this through other people. I had a man come to me um, this last week, and he said to me, I grew up in a church that believed in sola scriptura, comes out of the Middle Ages, and it meant that they only believed in the written word of God because there were many false prophets and many uh, things called the pseudepigrapha, false writings that were not really from the Lord. And so they didn't believe that you could hear from the Spirit. Everything was intellectual. Now, I love the words why I'm sitting here teaching you today. But as we come to know the Word and have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, if we have a foundation of the Word, the Spirit will begin to speak to us in real time each day. It's part of how the kingdom works. You can't have a relationship if you cannot hear from the other person. And so many seminaries, and some of us have had Bible school training and seminaries and so on, are so intellectual, but they're not relational. And so when Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? He wasn't looking for them to give this intellectual response of you're the truth And one day I'll be able to give you five theories of the resurrection and eight reasons why you are God in the flesh. All those things are important. But he was really asking them uh, foundationally and relationally, who do you say I am? And so the church is not only built on Jesus Christ, it's built on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what he does, as you and I read and study the scripture, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And he begins to unfold to us who the Lord is. And there's a wonderful promise in the scripture. I found your words and did eat them, and they became the joy and the delight of my heart. As we eat things, they literally become a part of our muscle, a part of our fat. Some of us probably need to work on that a little bit. But... What the Lord is after is that we become like Christ, that we think like Christ, that we feel like Christ, we speak like Christ, and we act like Christ. And so 
what he was asking his disciples is, am I just a good teacher and a good example, or do you understand that I'm God and you can have a relationship with me and the Father and you can become like me? And if that happens, you can release the authority of the kingdom. And so the keys of the kingdom are about authority. If you have a key, you're able to lock things and protect them. You're able to lock things out that you don't want in. You're able to unlock and access things that are there that are valuable, or you're able to let people or things in. And so the keys of the kingdom have to do with authority uh, to rule over uh, the spiritual realm and to rule over things in the earth that affect us spiritually, personally, our marriages, families, churches, businesses. And we're not to be passive, but we're to be active as we learn to rule and reign with Christ. Let me give you an example. And since you don't know this man, I can talk about this. I have his permission. So I am working with a man right now that he grew up in a home in Texas. Um, he is one of three children. He has uh, a younger sister and an older brother. His father is a very prominent lawyer or attorney. He has argued many cases before the Texas Supreme Court and before the United States Supreme Court. And of all those cases, he has won every one of them except one. Very gifted lawyer. But he was gone a lot, and his wife became overwhelmed raising children. She would lose her temper. When the dad would come home, he was not always plugged in. Um, if he did spend time with the kids, it was just having a little bit of fun, but not teaching them about the Lord or disciplining, instructing them in life. So this mother became so distressed that when this boy was nine and he would not obey, she would lock him in a closet. He became very angry. Um, at the age of 10 and 11, he began to sneak around and drink alcohol and began to do drugs. By the age of 12, he was so out of control that they sent him to another place on the East Coast, close to where Jason uh, went to school for his bachelor's and master's in Virginia. And he was with this older couple on a farm and they couldn't control him. So they would lock him again in his room. So what he began to do when he would get out of his room is sneak around on the farm and he would abuse cats and he would abuse dogs. He would choke them. He would grab them and hit them on the ground because he felt power over something weaker and uh, that was his uh, way to deal with feeling weaker against his parents and this couple and not having any control. Well, as you can imagine, he grew up with a lot of brokenness in his life, drugs, alcohol, two broken marriages. And just a few years ago in a third marriage, he and his wife came to know Jesus and they really loved the Lord, but they had all of this baggage still attached to their lives. We began to help them know who they were in Christ, help them experience um, deliverance from some of the demonic bondage that had a hold of them, and be filled with the Spirit. And they have made great progress. 
But there's been some occasions when this man would hear this whisper when he would become stressed and frustrated. Um, he's a very successful real estate agent and broker. But sometimes in his marriage with his two girls and in life, he would feel stressed and he would hear this whisper to go abuse an animal again. And he's like, that's crazy. That is so twisted. I don't want to do that. But he began to secretly uh, have self-hatred. How can I love the Lord, be walking with the Lord and still struggle with this? So here's what the Lord showed us. It's the authority of the kingdom. That was no longer in him. He had been delivered, filled with the Spirit. But those whispers were coming from outside. I want you to see it. It was not internal, but the enemy was still whispering, trying to grab a hold of him and pull him back in to some of these twisted things and then beating him up in his conscience um, with this. And when he had an aha moment, and he realized that's not in me anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. That's an attack of the enemy. And I can learn how to bind and how to loose and how to overcome the enemy. And so the next part of the scripture, and I'll tell you how we applied that to this man's life. The next part of the scripture says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's authority. That is identity of knowing who we are in Christ and what Christ has done, the finished work of Christ. That is a faith to believe God and put that into action. And part of how we do that is with the authority of what we speak. I gave you just a little bit of this three weeks ago, but the word bind and loose in the original Greek grammar simply means this. You shall bind on earth what's already been bound in heaven. In the Greek language, that is the future perfect passive periphrastic. Hang in there with me, because as you see this, you'll begin to walk in increased authority and power. You may already know it, and that's awesome. But Jesus was saying, I'm about to do something in the future, and it will be perfect, not errorist. Errorist means that you do something in the past, but you might have to do it again. Perfect means Jesus was about to do something once for all that would be uh, done and not have to be repeated. Passive means he was going to do it for us. Active means I do it. Middle voice means I do it for myself. Passive means I do it for the benefit of others. And paraphrastic, think parachute, something coming down from above. Phrastic means phrase, what we speak. So here is what he's talking about. I'm going to finish the work on the cross and the burial where I break open those gates of hell that cannot hold me out. I'm going to deposit your sin there in separation from God. I'm going to deposit death. You're not going to spend an eternity in hell, but you're going to have eternal life now and one day in heaven. You're going to rule and reign with me. I'm going to deposit um, sickness and bondage of the enemy because the dominion of the earth does not belong to Satan. It belongs to me, and I'm going to take it back, and then I'm going to share that authority with those that come to know me as Savior and Lord. And so 
he basically said, you bind on earth what's already been bound in heaven because I did this for you. And the paraphrastic means this is parachuting down from heaven in the spiritual realm. And you and I, by faith, have the authority to grab a hold of that truth and out of our mouth to speak to the enemy or to speak to situations and bring the authority of the kingdom from heaven to earth. You see, Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's part of how the authority of the kingdom works. And then we loose, we permit, bind means to forbid or render ineffective or stop. And there are things the enemy's doing. There are things that are going on in our cultures that are not the culture of the kingdom. And we have authority as we hear from God to pray, to speak, to agree with others, and to bind and to render ineffective the authority of the, of the, of the enemy. And then we have the authority to loose, to speak and permit and to release, and then to walk out in faith and see the things of the kingdom established in our lives, our marriages, our children, our churches, our workplaces, and in our culture. And the more people that agree, the stronger and stronger this authority becomes. So let's go back to this man I was talking about. He was hearing these whispers. He understood how broken and perverse that was in his past. Jesus had forgiven him and released him from the condemnation And he knew he was a new creation, but now the enemy, as the stress would come, was trying to pull him back in to the the vileness, the perversity of this past. And he was starting to believe the condemnation of, yeah. And then he said, wait a minute, that's not who I am. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have completely passed away. New things have come. So he learned to reach up and grab that voice and to say to the enemy, that's a lie. I have been delivered by Jesus. He has led me in triumph, 2 Corinthians 2, 14. And he rebuked that and threw it down, cast it down and crushed it underfoot. And he then loosed upon himself that he was totally forgiven. He was a new creation. He had the mind of Christ. He had the self-control of the Holy Spirit and that he was walking in victory. And so after he did that this last week, um, I asked him today when he came, how is that going? He said, that has totally gone away. And he said, and now I'm realizing these whispers of the enemy and I'm beginning to recognize and bind them. And I'm beginning to speak the truth of God reminding the Lord of what he said, saying to the enemy, this is the truth. You have to yield to the authority of the Lord and saying to myself, this is who I am. And I accept that. So in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13, Paul says this to us. He said in the Old Testament, they believed, therefore they spoke. And Paul said, I believe, therefore I speak the things that God gives to me I, with faith, speak them and walk them out. And so that's part of how the authority of the kingdom works. Let me give you a couple more illustrations. Now, what's important with this is it isn't just enough to hear my words today. If you will go to the Lord 
and take situations in your own life or in your marriages or with a particular child in your family, situations in your church that are challenging, situations in the business that you may own or you're operating and working through, and even in your community. Tomorrow's the National Day of Prayer here in the United States, and our church is hosting one of the virtual prayer meetings that will come out of our mayor's office in our city. And the people that are coming, we understand that as we agree together and we have revelation from the Lord and we release the truth in agreement, it has tremendous power. And we're expecting to see some things shake and see some things change. Let me give you an example from India. A few years ago, I was in India and uh, I had a young lady, the granddaughter from Day Spring Greeting Cards. It's a large uh, Christian greeting card company that is often uh, sold around the world. And she was the granddaughter of the founder. And uh, she and I were in a village one uh, Sunday afternoon. And we're there with the missionary daughter. And this is about 10 miles outside of Bangalore, India. It's a village of about 1,500 people. And as we walked up to the village, um, there was a lady sitting uh, on a plastic five-gallon bucket. She was dressed very nicely. She had these thick glasses on, and she smiled and had a couple of broken teeth. I just want you to get the picture. Beautiful blue, sorry, um, dressed very nicely for this village. And as we came up, Renee, this young lady, she was 18, greeted this woman, and the woman greeted her, translated through our missionary, and Renee asked her, she said, do you know Jesus Christ? And this woman looked at her and took her glasses off, and you could tell that she was blind. She had two very gray, milky cataracts over each eye. And she said to Renee, she looked this way, and she looked that way, and she said, I do not believe he lives in this village. I have never heard of him. <laughs> not unusual uh, for some of these places in the world that have never heard of Jesus. And so I'm thinking, well, let's introduce her to who Jesus is and begin to talk to her about all these things. But Renee understood the authority of the kingdom. She had been in a church that had taught on the kingdom of God for six months, and she was not uh, where some of us are. We've lived longer, and we've had successes, and we've had things that didn't work out exactly right, and we may struggle with a little doubt and unbelief. She didn't have any doubt and unbelief. She looked at this woman, and she said, uh, are you blind? Can you see? And she said, no, I cannot see. I have lost my sight. Renee looked at her, and she said, this Jesus Christ is the one true God, and he wants to heal you right now. Would you like to receive your sight? Now, I'm standing there, and I'm supposed to be this great man of faith. I'm the leader. <laughs> and I, I'm thinking, wow, this better work, or we're done here. <laughs> uh, I've seen a lot of miracles, but I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't have more faith at the moment. So she looks at this woman. And she says, Jesus Christ is going to heal you of your blindness to prove to you that he's the one true God. And she simply prayed, laid hands on this woman's face, 
and prayed and commanded her eyes to open. And all I can describe to you, it's like the second hand on a watch that you push and it goes around the circle to come back and reset. Those cataracts disappeared off of her eyes like this. And this woman was shocked. And she began to proclaim, and the missionary translated, I can see, I can see. And she said, please come down to my house and I'm going to go and get my neighbors and we want to give you something to drink. So they brought us some Fantas. If you've traveled the world, you know Fanta is often uh, with a straw. And so we're sitting there and I began to notice this was the nicest house in the village. It's made out of blocks instead of wood and, and cardboard and different things. And so this woman went in the next 30 minutes and gathered about 40 or 50 of her neighbors. This room is just crushed full of people, kids, ladies, a few men. And so Renee helps the kids sing a song. And then I asked this woman to come and stand, and we're going to tell the people what Jesus has done for her. So as she comes up, this man comes to the door in these white flowing robes like bedsheets, and you can smell the incense. And I've, done, I've been to 49 nations, and I thought, I know who he is. He's the Hindu priest. And Lord, we need you and the power of the kingdom right now. <laughs> so this lady is giving testimony about how this Jesus, who she'd never heard of, healed her eyes. And when she was done, I preached the gospel. And there was just anointing from the Lord, not because I'm so good. The Lord was just doing something. And so I preached the gospel, and then I gave an opportunity for people to be saved, to receive Jesus as the only Savior and Lord, the only God. This man from the back door began to push people aside, came up and knelt down in front of me. And at this point, I got tears coming down my face. And he said, and the missionary daughter translated, that woman that was healed was my wife. And I am the Hindu priest of this village. But he said, today, I want Jesus. And so led him to Christ. And we went back and they discipled him. But what they began to do in this village with kingdom authority is they began to walk the streets and the paths. And they began to bind the enemy and they began to bind the, the hardness of heart, the confusion of the mind, the deafness of the ears, and loose the spirit of adoption and the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so for the next couple of weeks, they prayer walked, and they began to use this kingdom authority and power. Within one year, they had discipled that Hindu priest, and someone more mature joined him, but they planted a new church in that village. This has been five years ago. Today, he has a church of over 300 people in that village. He was once the Hindu priest. Today, he is the kingdom of God pastor in that village. That's just an example of kingdom authority and how when you and I learn to release the kingdom of God, how that he uses the reality, the revelation of who he is to release that kind of authority and to bring in the harvest. We are doing some of that in the church that I pastor. 
and we're starting to see some growth and some people come in. It's so interesting in the United States, many people are still quite intellectual and they don't always have an openness to the things of the spirit. But even in the United States, when the Holy Spirit is allowed to exalt and present Jesus, people are really drawn to the reality of Jesus Christ. Now, some who are demonized and really resistive won't, but you will discover many people, as you and I learn to walk and pray with kingdom authority, will become saved, healed, delivered, full of and the Lord will begin to raise up life-giving churches. So let me just wrap this up for today, and I know that uh, some discussion is uh, very much in order. But one of the things that I want to challenge us to begin to do is to not just think about um, the gospel as salvation, uh, my sins are forgiven, and I'm going to heaven. That's true. But the scripture calls it the gospel of the kingdom. And so when I come to know Jesus, I'm so thrilled that my sins are forgiven, that my past is done. I'm a new creation, and I'm trusting in the finished work of Jesus and becoming more and more like him. But what we all need to learn is that Jesus is willing to speak to us every day, several times a day, because it's a relationship. The Father speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. And as we're in the Word, and that is our foundation, you will begin to hear promptings. You might have many visions. There'll be dreams, prophetic things. And that you and I learn to walk not just in I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, but how God wants to reveal and express the kingdom right where we live, whatever nation, whatever city, wherever we are in the earth. He wants to establish his authority, the expression of who he is as the living God, because that's what people want to know. They don't want you to say, let me tell you some knowledge about God. They ask me, how do you know God is real? I know he's real because in my relationship, he speaks to me. And I measure it with the word to make sure it's biblical. But I also see him working in people's lives. I could tell you many stories, not just of the mission field, but what my wife and I are walking in now. But let me just simply close with this one. We've had a couple that have been new to us in the last nine months. They've known the Lord for a while, but they have walked in what I'm going to call religious flesh. They've only wanted to hear the milk and cookies kind of sermons that made them feel good. They went to church where there was dynamic worship because it gave them a lift. Worship is about exalting the Lord, not about us primarily feeling better. It may do that, but our focus is Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, not just us. If all I ever want to hear are the feel-good scriptures, I'll never grow up. I'll never deal with learning to die to the flesh, and really grow in the spirit. So we began to talk to this couple, and they would come to the church and then not come, and come to the church and not come. And I finally asked them about three months ago, you come, you don't come. And they said, every time we come, it's good, but we struggle because things in our lives get confronted. 
And we're struggling to want to know if we want to deal with those things. But we keep being drawn back here because we're realizing that the gospel in the kingdom is bigger than just feeling good. And then they revealed that they fight in their marriage all the time. They have two little girls, eight and five. And they said, if we don't get help, we're going to lose our marriage. So we prayed and the Holy Spirit spoke to my wife and I to take this book to them by Kyle Eidelman called AHA, A-H-A. And in the book, it's very confrontive in love, but it talks about how the Holy Spirit will awaken issues in our life. We have to become brutally honest. And then in humility, we have to ask the Lord to help us with action to obey and walk out the word. So we felt like the Lord wanted us to go to their house and very kindly, but very straightforwardly, speak to them about what was going on. And if they lived in denial and they did not surrender to the Lord, that they would lose their marriage, hurt their girls, and fall away from the faith. Now, we're usually very gentle people. But the Lord really said to us, I want you to go deliver a strong word to them. And so we did. We asked to come. We sat down and just assured them that we loved them, but that the Lord had given this word to us. We took them a copy of this book. I said, would you read and do what it says? It's just practical stories, the Bible, with application on how to deal with root issues. And then we shared with them how serious things were in their life. We prayed for him and we left. Both of them were crying. Within three days, the lady had read the book and she contacted us and she said, thank you for the book, but ouch. But she said, the truth is I am very narcissistic. I am very self-centered and I need to learn to die to my flesh and walk in the kingdom. It's a whole new culture. It's a whole new lifestyle. And I'm trying to hang on to my past and my flesh and want the blessing of Jesus. And she said, I understand now that I'm trying to replace my husband. I want his authority because I want my own way. And she repented. And the husband came and talked to me. And he said, I've not lived courageously for Jesus. He said, I'm trying to be religious, but I've never surrendered and understood what the kingdom of God is really about. Both of them are beginning to submit to the king and the kingdom, and their marriage is beginning to heal. And this has only been about a week or 10 days now. But as they have surrendered and began to apply the principles of the kingdom, God is rapidly setting them free. And they have decided we don't want to end our marriage. We want to do this God's way. We may struggle, but will you help us? And our answer has been yes. One of the things that the kingdom of God does is it rules over the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of the flesh. Those two things compete. They cannot coexist. But if we walk in the kingdom, there is great blessing. May you learn how to use the keys of the kingdom and walk in the authority of binding and loosening. Because as you apply the kingdom, really apply it, speak it, walk it out, you'll see God move with great power. Some of those old situations that are like impossible to move, you'll begin to watch God dislodge them and change them. And it's really exciting. Thank you guys for letting me share. Thank you for joining 
Joshua Nations on this episode of the Inheritance Podcast. For more information about the ministry of Joshua Nations, please go to www.joshuanations.org. To join our prayer movement, please go to prayer.joshuanations.org. We hope you will join us for the next episode of the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. May God bless you.